Welcome to I Am Divine, a podcast for those choosing to level up in our world. If you're ready to take your game to the next level, listen to our weekly coffee chats with incredible humans taking remarkable risks to live their best lives and providing tools, resources, and opportunities for people just like you to do the same. Hi everyone, I am absolutely thrilled at sharing this, for the opportunity to share this podcast in this, in this coffee chat with you, um, with Laura Grizzly Paws. I've known Laura for about four years and from the moment I met her, I was inspired without even knowing her story. And in this podcast, you're not only going to hear her story, you're going to hear how she navigates some of the navigated some of the most challenging life experiences to thrive and be an incredible mother, incredible businesswoman, um, an incredible community member and supporter, and uh, just an all around inspiring woman who is the epitome of stepping into your divine self with courage, strength and grace. Laura Grizzly Paws was born and raised in a small town uh, called Lillooet in British Columbia, Canada. She's a single mother of four children and holds a bachelor's of arts in education in language and first nation studies she has a bachelor's in education in curriculum development and instruction a master's degree in education and she also has a certification in language proficiency and counseling and wellness she's won a number of awards including the language hero award and the indigenous music award for best hand drum she's competed her first round in the bc cup placing third in the master's division and fourth in novice in the fitness industry she currently works for the statlium government services education as an education manager and runs a small business through arts uh, music and dance all over the world. Um, I can, I like I said, I cannot be thrilled enough to share this with you. Um, it is raw, real, true, powerful. Um, I'm trying to think of other adjectives that I can explain this interview, but you will get so much out of it. So I encourage you listen from beginning to end and uh, take some some of her golden learnings and, and nuggets away with you and apply them so that you can step into your best self, regardless of what challenges that you've gone through in your life life. Enjoy this podcast. All right. Good morning, Laura. How's it going? Everything well? Everything is going well, yes. Um, so we're going to just jump right into it. I, um, I've i done all the recording of your bio and everything beforehand, and I'll merge them together on the podcast later. Um, and so we'll just jump right into kind of our chat. So thank you so much for having this coffee chat with me and connecting with me on this podcast. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Um, for the listeners, um, this is a special, a very special podcast for me. Um, Laura Grizzly Paws is one of the women in the world that inspires me every day with everything that she does and everything that she is and everything that she stands for in the world, not just for herself, but her children, for the environment, for culture, for spiritual practices, and for living your best life, regardless of what, you know, is in front of you day to day. And um, Laura Grizzly Paz and I met in two, I believe it was 2016. Is that right, Laura? Yeah, it was way back then, I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so 2016, we met, uh, we were both speaking in Victoria, British Columbia, Canada, at a Power Talk event, and I watched Laura dance, and it was the first time in a very long time that I had seen uh, a woman dancer have such powerful impact, not only in her presence in the stage, but in the whole room and shifting the energy with her, not only her voice, but her her dance, and um 
it, it was moving for me and so much so that I, you know, Laura and I started a conversation um, and then we ended up working together, which was really amazing. And so maybe tell, tell a little bit about that, Laura, about what that experience was like um, bringing me into your community and what we were doing. Actually, yes. Uh, so I was first out in government services as an education and training manager. And one of my one of my primary roles is to help uh, communities build capacity in education, um, skills and training, um, wellness, and um, to uh, provide opportunities for community members to maximize their potential in learning opportunities. And uh, one of the projects that uh, was needed that we wanted to bring in with some leadership uh, capacity building. And so um, through the work through uh, Power House, um, we connected and I learned more about the work that Loretta does. And I brought her into the community to work with a group of our, our students and um, leadership. And it really, um, got the students to start thinking about their own roles and what they wanted, their careers, um, how to give back to the communities, how to be responsible for their learning, how to set goals and uh, adjust plans to, to meet uh, their idea of where they saw themselves in the future. And all those students actually that you worked with, Loretta, they all graduated. And um, except for, I think, the younger class, I think there's a few of them and the majority of them have moved on to post-secondary studies. Amazing. They have, uh, they have, uh, they have developed their own leadership skills and moving forward. So amazing. And this is what collaboration is all about and why this podcast exists. And for those of you who listen to the podcast with Robin Gooding, these connections that you make with women and from a heart-centered place, from a real place for a betterment of community of individual um, and and collaboration has such a huge ripple effect and so positive uh, so positive impact and that's why I wanted to have Laura um, I want to circle back with Laura around this podcast because she has such incredible global impact so Laura you are a mother of four a single mother of four an independent mother of four I like to call it an independent mother of four um, you are a dancer, an educator, you are um, an advocate, you are um, a dancer, singer. I think, I think it's probably every single role that I can think of a woman could play in the world, in the world you do in one capacity or another. It's, it's a lot. Um, and I will uh, post in, your, um, in this podcast your, the link to your Instagram. And if you watch Laura's Instagram, like what she does and where she goes and, and how she is in the world is pretty incredible. So the first question I have for you, Laura, because I'm always intrigued by this, is what inspires you? What drives you day to day in being all that you can be in the world? What inspires me? Mm-hmm. It's um, um, quite honestly, if I'm a hard person to be inspired, mm. I it's not because I. Um, don't look to the world or anything like I grew up I didn't I didn't grow up with role models I didn't grow up with mentors I didn't grow up with people that I wanted to become like I grew up with people I didn't want to become like I grew up with people I never ever wanted to to uh, experience or to or to uh, endure in my lifetime Mm -hmm. and so honestly I think that what inspires me are my children because I want to lead to them, lead them a life that there are endless possibilities, regardless of your childhood uh, traumas. You know, I, I grew up in a very adverse childhood trauma lifestyle and um, witnessed almost everything that a child should never, ever witness in her lifetime. And when I had my first child, when I found out I was pregnant, I had my first child, like when I had my first son, he was my, he was basically my mentor, my leader, my healer, my, my, uh, my guru, where I felt that I had to maximize my potential. It was like, that was it. It was like, I'm having a baby. I have a responsibility. And I vowed that I would do everything and anything to lead by example to my children. And 
you know, and that's still something that I really live by today. Um, but definitely there are people that inspire me, like in fitness industry and health and wellness and bodybuilding and education um, and cultural advocacy. Like, you know, those come from uh, mentors that came, have come into my life and actually have, are still in my life. You know, when my aunt graduated, um, Kathy Narcissus graduated with her degrees and she was doing a presentation at one of our community events and I was sitting there like you know I want to do that I want I want to I want to do that and mm-hmm. when I I uh, was always into bodybuilding I was always into fitness and health um, even as a young girl but I learned about it through uh, resilience through a way of controlling my anger my my temper my hurt my pain my suffering was to redirect my focus onto weights and that started at the age of 16 so that became a sense of uh, grounding myself and a foundation of how to redirect um, my energy and stuff so it was always something that I always aspired to do and I had foster parents or step dads that would come into my room and rip down my bodybuilding posters or you know, say say things that those were disgusting or that's not womanlike, and you know those kinds of things happened. And you know, I just kept on pressing forward. Um, in regards to education leadership, like you know, I didn't know I wanted to become a teacher or an educator or an advocate in education until I was actually in jail for a whole year and uh, had a teacher that actually never gave up on me. You know, I struggled in school academically I got kicked out of school I was I was labeled and criticized and ridiculed and locked in back rooms and hit with rulers and slaps and spanked and all those kinds of things from teachers and I'm only 41 so this was you know not very long ago and um and I went to jail and I had a teacher that was he believed in me he said you didn't fail the system failed you Everybody else failed to teach you, to listen to you, to acknowledge you, to help you, and he never gave up on me. And through his support and his belief in me, I was able to believe in myself. So as when because that because of my childhood, I grew up with all these false principles about who I was. I thought and believed that I was a chug, I was a dirty Indian, I was dumb, I was unintelligent, I had nothing to offer, I was going to be a lifer, or I was going to be probably dead by the time I'm 20, or, you know, living on the streets, or drug addict, or have a dozen kids and live off welfare, you know, those kinds of things were said to me, and that it was basically too late to help me or do anything for me. So all these false principles were there, but because of my childhood and my upbringing and the things that I had experienced. And so basically I had to basically repair and heal and, and change those false principles into positive affirmations. And, and that came through cultural, cultural values and teachings, education, um, counseling and training. Mm-hmm. You know, it's fascinating. Uh, I listened to you speak and I've heard par- parts of your story before and in, in what you've, um, the chapters of your life that you've worked through and that resiliency that you speak to. And um, all over the world and all of my nonprofit work, um, the whenever we asked some of the women who were heroes in their community, and I use that quite broadly, but there are women who really went had those adverse experiences in life that really hammered them down to the ground and what helped them to rise and give back. It was only that one person. It was a one, it was a teacher or a mother or a grandmother, or um, it was just a neighbor that really believed in her and told her that the system, as you said, or the environment or the, whatever it was, failed them to help them to rise. And they're, their ability to rise through this was possible if they just kept going. And often, so often, women don't. The labels, the circumstances, the structures, the systems just um, 
that that masculine energy that is not serving the nurturing the, the way that the woman needs to rise in her her feminine energy. And so I think that I just want to go back to this piece of your story that you talked about, you know, having the posters like, you know, ripped up. That's not feminine. We live in a world where the where masculine energy um, is and I won't I won't say men, but masculine energy um, has the patriarchy has brought us to where we are in the world right now. And there's a uh, the feminine energy is now the matriarch energy is coming in. And you host uh, such a beautiful balance of of both in all that you do. I don't know if you're aware of that or if it's con- – is it conscious for you that you are like that, that you're aware of your feminine energy and your masculine energy or are – and that you strive for a certain thing? Or is it just a natural way of being for you? I think it's a natural way of being for me because I – I carry that father role to my children and then there's this female role. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm very much aware of it because sometimes I think honestly that I, I'm too masculine sometimes and mm-hmm. I have to soften up depending on what I'm doing or who I'm engaging with or what I'm presenting or projecting. And, um, you know, especially in regards to, um, you know, my parenthood, like, I'm very firm and direct with my children, open and honest. We can have open discussions. They can talk to me about anything and everything. And um, right from um, their penis to to male functions, to girls, to education, to academics, you know, bullying, all of those kinds of things, they can talk to me about all of that. Mm-hmm. And I'm very quite fortunate that we can have those conversations. And then having a daughter now, because I have three boys and a little girl, um, having a daughter now has really, really uh, brought a lot of more healing to me mm-hmm. and still does. Like it's, it's, uh, it's a journey because, uh, you know, my oldest son is 19 and he's doing his second year at university. My second boy is 17. He graduates this year. My 13-year-old boy is in grade eight. And then I have a little girl who's two. Yeah. And so... There's just a huge gap in, in how the age differences are and how I how I parent my children because you know, we have we, we have horses and so there's a lot of land work, a lot of ranch work. Um, so we're all out there. We all have roles and responsibilities and it doesn't matter if you're a male or a woman, like we all still do them. Mm-hmm. Everybody has a role in cooking and cleaning or or uh tending to the horses or repairing fences and, you know, surely Alicia is going to have to pick up that hammer and that nail and, you know, weed whack and do all of those other things too when she gets older and that's going to be expected of her. And, um, you know, I've had in regards to bodybuilding and stuff, like I've had guys tell me that I look too buff or I'm too muscular or, you know, those kinds of things, or they like their women soft and, you know, and I'm, don't soften up. I don't step down. I'm like, well, man, if I make you feel less of a man, then you better start lifting heavier because I'm not going to stop. <laughs> so, like, you better step up your own game, not compare yourself to me as a woman, you know? And yeah. And it's that, that, that's what I'm talking about. So, that right there, that's like kind of in a roundabout way. Um, you see the inspiration or the motivation comes from the children. And, and what I'm hearing is that your, your need or your, your purpose of, of, of being both parent for the, for the child. Um, and I know you have tons of community around your children too, but the, the, the need to be in the way that you structure that is an ongoing motivation for you. It sounds like it's because it's not only uh, providing the next generation with, you know, their, um, foundation for life but it's also a a healing journey and a process for you yeah well the kids my own children hold me accountable too Mm -hmm. like they do because of the values that I teach them you know being valuing honesty being open uh, speaking what your mind is um, being accountable for your actions or your words or even what you're putting into your mouth and what you're eating you know there are days when I work because I work full-time too and where I come to work and I'm in meetings and I'm stressing and I'm doing all this stuff and then I go home and then I got to cook and clean and then I'm too tired to go train 
And then my son's kicking the couch. Come on, Shkisa, you got to go to the gym. Come on, Shkisa. We've got three weeks to go or a month to go before contest or something. Or we'd be having a long drive coming, going home from a gathering, and I'm hungry, and I'm tired, and I'm bored, and I'm driving. And then, oh, there's, my, my, there's a bag of snacks there, and I'll grab the snacks, and I'll start eating. My son wakes up, no, you can't eat those. You're not supposed to eat those. So it's like family helping one another, understanding that we all have a role. And um, my leadership role to them is also holding me accountable to my own actions, whether they're uh, my own discipline. Because, you know, if we, the discipline is, is basically choosing what we want. You know, if I want to be fit and healthy and strong, then I better be disciplined to be active and eat healthy and eat clean because if that's the model or my lifestyle I have to carry that myself and my children hold me accountable to that too but yet at the same time you know life stresses um, illnesses diseases or whatever it is that's going on around us in our environment that impacts who we are as well I have days where I'm stressed and I'm tired and I'm exhausted and I'm burnt out and I fall and I eat crap and I eat too much pizza or chomain or I dive into things that I'm struggling with and I know I shouldn't eat them and I know very well that I shouldn't but because it goes back to my childhood traumas where eating was one of my one of my survival instincts mm-hmm. because I didn't grow up with having a lot of food I didn't grow up with uh stable home environment. I didn't grow up with someone that told me that they loved me or they cared about me or they nurtured me. And so food became my comfort. Mm -hmm. And so in times of stress or loss or those kinds of things, I turned to food. Like I can eat five pancakes and four peanut butter jam sandwiches and a bowl of macaroni and cheese and, and then some and still eat and not realize that I'm or understand it because we shut off those emotions Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. so sometimes like I've had in the past in the past year since I really been uh, focusing on my fitness and health I've had two fallouts where I would I would eat and eat and eat and my last fallout was actually recent it was only about two months ago and it was because my boy's dad my children's father was diagnosed with cancer and then he and a week later, after being diagnosed with cancer, he's admitted into the hospital and told that, you know, you're malnourished, you're underweight, you are, there's nothing we can do, you have less than three months, you have, you know, all these things that are going on. It's like everything happens so fast and then I'm dealing with my children's grief and we're dealing with this health, we're dealing with all of the trauma, we're dealing with, um, all of a sudden it goes back to abandonment, leaving me. Mm-hmm. Um, so it goes back to all those childhood trauma triggers, and then I go back to eating, 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 not training anymore, just focusing on my kids and then stuffing my face. So it's like, boom, I gained 20 pounds in a month. Yeah. So it's, you know, that's the reality of, of who it is that we are. But no matter what, like, we have to be able to, to um, bounce back. And the way, that, the way that we can be accountable to that is knowing who our connections are, who our relatives are, and who our support, who our supports are, because, you know, I'm not perfect, and I'm, I'm back in the gym, I'm training again, I'm eating healthy and eating clean again. Um, their father has regained enough strength to start chemotherapy, and honestly, the boys don't want to see their dad because they don't want to see him in the condition that he's in. He's gone from 200 pounds down to 130 pounds, mm-hmm. you know, so those kinds of things. That's the reality of life. And, you know, sometimes the best thing that we can do during our worst time is is to acknowledge and look at the blessings. And that's one of the things that has really gotten me through a lot is counting my blessings. If we count our blessings and name each and every one of them one by one, by the end of the day, we know that we have a thousand blessings. I have a home. I have shelter. I have clothing. I have my health. I have my children. We have education. We have, I have uh, skills. I have knowledge. I have leadership. I have the bear. I have the songs. I have the dances. You know, all of these, all of these things that we have that are so simple, but they are simple blessings that many other people don't have. 
some so many people don't have jobs. They don't have cars. They don't have education. They don't have clean clothes to put on. They they don't have matching shoes or or shoes that fit, or they don't have an income. Whatever it is, you know, we we think about where we're at in our own lives and our own own circles. Um, we have to acknowledge the simple little things because sometimes I think that we neglect those and we become consumed in depression or anxiety or or what it is that we don't have or where we wish that we were at or where we were at. So I don't, you know, I'm, I'm only human. I tell my friends and I tell a lot of people, I'm just a woman. I hurt and cry and struggle just like everybody else. And I'm not any better. I'm not any greater. And we just simply do the best that we can with what we have. Yeah, and it's, you know, it's really interesting. It's about going back to those basics. And so um, for those of you who are listening who have, you know, had, you know, and this is one of the reasons why I really wanted to have Laura on the podcast was because I've been just working with so many women who have experienced or are experiencing so many traumas. And Laura, the way that I define trauma in the podcast and with the people I work with is an abrupt change to your current circumstance that creates a sense of, of victimization, of loss, basic needs, whatever it might be. There's a there's something that shifts abruptly, and it's a trauma. And sometimes they're big traumas in life, and sometimes they're everyday traumas. And um, and without the right tools or the right framework or the right resources, we get lost in those traumas, and those traumas overwhelm and swell us up and swallow us up. Sorry, and uh, and they're hard to come out of. And there's so many wonderful gifts and lessons and, and positive things that we can take from that that really help us to move into the next chapter or the next insight or the next strength or the next giving or the next piece of gratitude that we can actually add to our thousands of lists, you know, that we have. And, and it starts with going back to the very basics of what we do have versus what we don't. I think um, one of the things yeah. is that really – for myself is that in regards to resilience, the greatest pains in life, like all the pain and trauma or whatever it is that I went through in my life has led to my, to the greatest strength that I have as a woman, as a mother. And I believe that if we're putting, when we give out our energy, because when we're going out to gatherings or events or when I do, or even when we go to our workplace, or whatever whatever it is that we're doing. If we're giving our effort into something that is more exhausting and something that we're not really passionate about or feel feel good about, that itself is exhausting. So we have to really think about what are we putting our energy into. Mm-hmm. You never want to put your time and energy into something or into the hands of something that's ungrateful or doesn't value your work. And so that's one of the things that I've really done is, as a woman, as a mother, is that I don't invest my time into things that no longer benefit me or my family. Um, if it, it has to serve a purpose. It has to have an outcome or a meaning that's going to benefit my family or myself or the community, I guess. But if it doesn't, then why, why put effort into exhaust, something exhausting that's just going to take away. So it's, that's one of, one of the things that has led me to where I'm at because I don't get, I don't get involved with a lot of um, events or activities anymore. I'm very um, focused on my work, focused on my personal professional development, focused on how and what I need to do to improve and what's going to make the greatest impact. The greatest impact is going to be the work that I do on myself. Mm-hmm. And why is that the greatest impact? Because it creates a rippling effect. You know, we establish and build connections and uh, are able to collaborate and work with others. And we can do that successfully if we continue to do the work on ourselves. Yes, and so one of the things that I had asked uh, that I have in the questions that I have in this, um, so thank you so much for mentioning that because um, as mothers in particular, um, that self-care piece 
is so imperative. It's so important. Often what we put last, we put everybody else's needs and, and nurturing and, and everything else above ourselves. But when we, we're not in a sense of fullness, we can't give in a sense of fullness. And so can you talk a little bit about, you know, you talked a little bit about lifting and, and your, your nutrition and, and fitness. Your self-care practices, are there certain things that you find that really work for you or that have been really rewarding for you to help you to keep your strength and be in your, in your best self for everything that you do? Um, number one, if you get tired, learn to rest, not quit. Mm-hmm. You know, that's one of the things is, is taking time out and being able to take a step back and say, okay, I'm tired, I'm exhausted, I'm burnt out or whatever it is, um, just to rest, but never quit. Always get back up and um, be ready to, to lead. And um, because sometimes, you know, I think about my role as a woman and the things that I do, it can be exhausting. Um, my son said, said leadership is, what did he say? He said leadership is a nasty place to be because people have all these expectations of you and people have um, this perception of who you are and what you are. And uh, when you don't lead, then people get ex- become very judgmental and will start to, to say things. So um, I've always said, well, you can't be, you can't confuse yourself with, with uh, the popular with popularity. Like I have like, I think I have like 21 K followers on social media, but Mm -hmm. just because I have that many followers, it doesn't mean that I'm engaging with all of them or any of them really. And it doesn't mean that I'm in a popular circular circle circle or, or um, that I have a wide uh, social uh, relationship um, because I don't. And um, I mostly want to focus on relationships that are winners, that are like-minded, that are healthy, that are active, that are are that we can um, feed off of. Because uh, I don't want to engage with with uh, members that are not, that are unhealthy or unfit. And I mean unfit, as in don't take uh, personal wellness or are, are not leading by their own professional lives in a good way. Mm-hmm. Um, so number one for me is I have to maintain uh, health. And health is mental, physical, spiritual, and emotional health. But in that health balance also includes your social and your financial. Mm-hmm. Because your social, who you interact with or engage with, impacts your your health as well. And so that's important. And financial, we say, because... Because uh, in this world that we live in, you know, we have to pay our bills. We have to put food on the table. We have to be able to justify and meet those needs and cover our kids' tuition or whatever it may be. So that always has to be uh, included in balance. And number two is um, happiness. You know, if, if I'm to achieve the truest form of happiness, I have to have health. I have to have that balance. If I don't have that balance, then I'm not going to experience that true feeling or sense of happiness. Um, number three is generosity. Um, generosity is about being generous with myself, my knowledge, my skills, or my or my love um, for my family or community. So it's about being generous. When we give, then we to give is more great more of a gratitude than to receive and so you know for people to say that um they are inspired by me or my role or whatever whatever it is that I do that itself is is such a generous comment that encourages me to continue to do the work that I'm doing um the other one is power uh, power is about building our own personal self-development, building our personal self-development is like we always have to be continuously growing. We always have to be continuously evolving. We always have to be continuously moving forward in the direction of growth because if we stop and we get comfortable 
where we're at as being stay-at-home moms or running a small business or, oh, yay, I got my third place or I won the BC Cup or whatever, I'm done. If we stop learning and stop improving or mastering our skills or progressing to another level or a higher level, then basically we stop existing. We get bored. We get tired. We get, we get, we get into that state where you're just living but not for a purpose or a value. So power is really important because that's all, that's what, that's all about knowledge. That's acquiring and gaining and building. Um, the other one is um, generations. That's the other one. Generations, you know, I said my children are my inspiration. They are my motivators. Um, why? Because the choices and the actions that I make today will impact their future. Mm-hmm. The choices and decisions that I make today will also impact seven generations into the past. So the present is always really important. We can't always... Um, we can't dwell on the past, like, you know, in regards to my childhood stuff or things that I endured or, or the loss of my relationships um, of my children's father. Like, we can't dwell on that. What we can do is how can we propel forward and maximize the potential? How can I maximize the potential today that's going to impact tomorrow? Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, then the last one is compassion. Um having compassion for oneself or others, um, being able to be compassionate because we cannot judge or we cannot uh, word or, or um, what do you call it, talk about somebody because we don't know what their, their life endures. Like someone told me, wow, you have life easy. You dance, you sing, you travel, you do all of these things. Like everything's just handed to you. Like you're lucky. And it's like, no, you don't know what I endured as a child or in my whole lifetime to get to where I'm at. Everything I have, mm-hmm. I worked hard for. Everything I do, I busted my butt for. And um, the choices that I make have brought me to where I'm at today. Mm-hmm. And so when we, when, when we realize that the tough times in our life are, are basically what made and shaped who we are, and what we do and how we carry and conduct ourselves if we are able to heal and recover and take ownership of that. Like I'm, as a child, I was not responsible for all the pain and the trauma that I went through. But as I grew into an adult, I was responsible for the healing and the work that I needed to do to overcome and to take my power back. So, so for me, I had to bet on myself. I had to depend on myself and I had to work on myself and doing all of the work that I needed to do. Um, and if I was accountable to my actions and my words, then I know that I wouldn't be disappointed because I would be doing a disservice to myself as a woman, as a mother, if I just pretended things were good or if I, or if I, you know, just like training, if I'm, training for an event or, or competition and stuff, and I'm doing a disservice to myself if I'm cheating, if I'm eating my cheap meals, if I'm not getting in my cardio and my training, I'd be doing a disservice to myself because the outcome of it is not going to be the greatest outcome of what you could be if you actually did the work on yourself. So in regards to values that ground me or keep me grounded those are the basic that's basically it health happiness generations generosity power pity and quietness um, those are the seven principles that keep me going and keeps me reminded about who it is that I am and what my values are and uh, what I'm doing and it's amazing. So, you know, when you live from a values-based life so so those again those of you who are listening I this is like a really important piece about transitioning trauma, about transforming your trauma and transforming your story and choosing to be in the world on purpose. That 
comes when you're aligning from a place of values, like finding your values, your cultural values, your individual values, your community values, your work values, your, when you align from that place, like the power, like just listening to Laura, I can feel it. Like I can literally feel it, the power of what happens when you're in that place and how it not only impacts us as individuals, but our children and our community and our work and our students and the teachers in which that we work with and um, and it continues to help us to evolve and to grow. And, and being in that state of focus, because that's really, you know, it's that focus piece. Um, and, and and really just kind of breathing through the phases mm-hmm. of our lives through that, through that lens, looking through that lens. So my question, Laura, around this is that when we get to this place and we find those or connect to them, those cultural values or the individual values in which that we live and breathe by, how do we, in a state of, or maybe maybe I should just actually personalize this, how, how do you find that space back? So trauma happens, something happens in your life, something with your daughter's father or your, your children's father, something in your own personal life, and you, you use the word I fall, like I kind of go back. What is is there something, a practice, a spiritual practice or uh, an alignment or something that you do um, that helps you to get back on track? Um, being adaptable. I think the number one thing is knowing that, you know, life happens like shit happens. And no matter what, we have to get back up. No matter how many times you fall, how many times you struggle or how many times you fail, and when we fail, it's because there's still something that we haven't learned. There's still something that we haven't corrected. And I admit that, too, because, um, you know, I ask myself, too, and, you know, okay, I've had two fall, two huge fallouts with this eating, eating disorder twice this year. Where is this coming from? What have I not dealt with yet? So that's something that um, I have to work on with myself what is triggering me what is coming into my brain that triggers me to fall into this behavior because habits are easy to fall back to Mm -hmm. and one of the things is that you have to replace those habits with something else and so that's still something that I haven't really I'm starting to get a hold on it because that's only two fallouts in, in one year but um, they come from something. Something happens in that childhood at that time that triggers something in the brain because trauma is in our, in our, in our cellular memory. It's in our mm-hmm. blood. And so it, it exists there. But so is art. So is language. So is culture, songs, dances. All of those beautiful things are there too. So we have to tap into that to make sure that we can correct and heal and restore that so that that trauma doesn't get re-triggered. So in all these other areas in my life, I've healed, I recovered, I've endured and those kinds of things. But there's that one area that uh, goes back to where does that come from? And, um, but, you know, in regards to it, like, it's just getting back up. It's like, okay, day one, time to get back, time to get refocused, time to adapt. I must be able to adapt to any circumstances and regardless of what it is, and if we fall, we have to just keep on, keep on pressing on. Like if I fall, it's like, okay, I've had a whole lasagna, I ate two pizzas and everything. Okay, it's not the end of the world. Tomorrow I can get back on track of it. Or if I miss the booking or whatever it is that I'm doing or whatever project that it is that we're working on, we have to be able to get back up, readjust, reassess. Where did this come from? How did this happen? How can I correct this? How can I make changes? How can I improve this? What can I do better next time? How can I ask for help? Or who can I talk to so that this doesn't happen again? So putting in these supports and letting them know, like talking to my coach saying, this is what I have. I'm a chronic eater when I get depressed or when something happens. I'm still trying to figure out how and what and why or where this comes from. And then boom doing my own homework to do that to correct and to make those changes so that's that's pretty much what it is it's like that mindset we have to 
we have to take a look at what the mindset is and change that mindset about falling and failure and, and start looking at how can we point and change that mindset in our life so that we can feel good about what it is that we are doing. If there's something draining us or something fighting my peace or fighting my happiness or, or pulling me down, then we have to be able to understand that and say, okay, I'm not dealing with this. This is not good. This is draining me. This is something that I don't want to deal with. It's, if it's something that's disrupting my peace, I don't want it. If it's something, I'm not so much, you know, people will talk and gossip or we all have lovers and haters or whatever it is. And I used to want to be that person that was always protecting my name, like my role, my reputation. Now I could care less. All I want to do is protect my peace, um, understand and know that what my values are. If I know what my values are, if I know what my, my goals are, if I know what my foundation is, and if I know where it is that I'm going, what it is that I'm doing, then it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all anymore. I actually gained, like I gained 20 pounds over that whole stress in the past month and a half. And I'm actually, honestly, I'm okay with it. I'm not beating myself up about it. I'm not putting myself down about it. I'm not um, giving myself a hard time about it. And all I'm doing is, okay, it's time to get back on track. I'm 20 pounds heavier than where I'm supposed to be at. I have a shoot coming up. I have a, a gig coming up. I need to be at my best. I need to make sure that I have my health so that I can achieve a true sense of happiness. I need to be responsible for my actions and the choices that I make. And I need to know that I'm on this, I'm on a mission. I'm on, I have purpose and, and value. So, you know, you're not in competition with anybody else. And, and I believe that every woman needs to understand that they can't compare themselves to the neighbors or to the girl on Instagram or anybody else. We have to be able to look at ourselves and learn how to love ourselves. And whether we're 20 pounds over or under or 100 or 80 or whatever it is, because, because that's who we have to learn to love. We have to be able to find that happiness. We need to have that. And the, on, the only way that we're going to achieve a deep sense of happiness is if we work on our own health. And whatever that health is to each and every one of us, we can only determine that ourselves. Mm-hmm. And that's beautiful because the last question that I had for you was, if there is a woman right now who is struggling to find her, her strength and her power um, to be in her softness rather than kind of the, you know, that hard go have be do um but to find the softness and to find the safety within that softness to to heal and to to move you know how would you what would you say to her what would be something that you think would be um powerful for her to hear um that would support her on her you know to find her her, her health her wellness i think number 1 is that is that just tuning inward and um, looking deep within yourself. I think that you find a sense of peace or happiness when you stop reacting to others, whether it's social media, whether it's your friends or your girlfriends or your coworkers or whatever, and start controlling your emotions. Because a lot of our depressions and our struggles come from our emotions. A lot of our suffering is our, is based on a choice. We choose to be suffering or we choose not to be. Mm-hmm. I think that, um, you know, for myself, like I didn't grow up having role models. I didn't grow up with people that I wanted to be like. I didn't grow up um, like seeing situations that I've been. And not all, not all of us are dealt with the right cards in our life. And not all of us are handed you know, the luxuries of what other people may be benefiting, but we have the opportunity to reshuffle our decks. We have the opportunity to change the outcome of what it is that we want. And no one else can really do that. Like I struggled academically in school. I was labeled, I was judged, I was ridiculed. I was, I was um, told that I had nothing to offer. 
Um, but because I redirected and started to focus on myself and what it was that I wanted to do and what it was that I wanted to achieve, pretty soon all of that didn't matter. And, you know, I had a teacher that told me that I should, that basically told me that I was not going to be able to do anything or achieve anything or, or succeed in anything. That same teacher still can't look at me to this day. And I have three degrees and two certificates, a Language Heroes Award, a Counseling Wellness Certificate as well. And to this day, that teacher cannot look at me. And he cannot look at me because the guilt and and his own denial and his own ignorance of what he was and probably still is to this day. But I took my power back. I took my power and said, no, this is who I am. I am strong. I am beautiful. I am a woman. I am attractive. I am a great mother. I am a hard worker. I am motivated. I am inspirational. I am worthy. I'm worthy of love. I'm worthy of my children. I'm worthy of... So it was like I'm always feeding myself all of these positive affirmations. And it's not just once in a while. And quite honestly, it's almost like every day. We have to be the person that we needed to be when we were younger. I have to be the person that I needed to be when I was younger to my children. Mm -hmm. I want them to be able to communicate to me, to talk to me, to reach out to me. In order for them to do that, I have to be open to them, honest to them, and willing to to listen to them and share my days, whether they're good days or bad days. And I believe that that any woman that is open, honest, carrying herself in a leadership role in her own family, because in our families, we are the first teachers in our families. Mm-hmm. We are the first teachers for our children. We are the first teachers really in our communities. And that goes back to our culture. That goes back to our history. The women were the ones that were the key uh, caretakers and keepers of knowledge. And you can be that and you can have that. But you have to believe in yourself. You have to take that leadership role within yourself to learn those skills. And if you don't know where to go, or what to do, then you need to do your research. You have to understand that research is ceremony. There are people out there that can lead. There are programs and services that are available. And there are there is there is funding out there. There is there are grants out there. There are many opportunities, but we have to do the research to improve ourselves, to heal ourselves and turn ourselves into these absolutely magnificent beings that we already are. And, and I believe that there is beauty in each and every one of us, and we all have so much to offer. We have to be good to ourselves, and we have to be good to ourselves with no reason. It's just to be good for you and your own soul. And that's something that I really believe that, that we've taken a beating in society. We've taken a beating by probably our own men and our own communities just because we are women or just because we are young or just because the color of our skin or because of where and who we are and what our values are. Like I still have that. People still oppress me or try to oppress me or talk about me or put me down because I'm a woman or because of how young I look or whatever it is that they have. But that's their own garbage. That's their own chaos. That's their own destruction. We have to just continue to move forward. I believe your mindset is your greatest asset. If you can strengthen your mindset and if you can strengthen the principles of understanding all the values and the greatness of that you are as a woman, you can overcome and achieve anything. You have to believe in yourself. I've had how many community members family members, teachers that quit on me. I went from home to home to home and all these people, you know, they gave up on me. They passed me over. They passed me over. They kicked me out. I went to jail. They, you know, I went through a lot of struggles and hardships in there and my corrections officer and my counselor were supposed to be there to support me. They, they, 
they said I was brilliant and smart and had lots to offer. And then next thing you know, if I got into a fight or I started a riot or anything like that, I was put down. You're dumb. You're stupid. You're going to be back here in no time. You're going to be in and out and you're going to be a lifer. You're going to be dead on the streets in no time. You know, all these people quit on me. They all quit, quit, quit. Except for, yes, that one teacher said, you can do this. You can overcome this. You can achieve this. And I became and moved into education because of that teacher. And and it created a rippling effect everywhere. And then I moved back into my culture and traditions because I was raised by my grandmother and grandfather the first five years of my life. And I remember telling my grandmother, I want to be just like you when I grow up. I just want to be an Indian like you when I grow up. And she died and she left me when I was five. And so those memories kept me strong and that's what brought me back to understanding and finding who it is that I am as a woman and that went back to my roots so sometimes we have to go back to our roots we have to go back to the basics we can't be afraid of going through tough times we have to embrace it so because the tough the toughest times are the times where we learn the most about ourselves Mm -hmm. the toughest times is where we learn about who it is that we are, and they force us to grow. If you're willing to face it and acknowledge it, if you quit and step down and walk away and say, heck with it, you're not growing, you're quitting. And we have to be able to challenge these hardships to become better, to become smarter, to become stronger. And so we have to be thankful for those those adversities in our life because It's those adversities in our life that we grow and we learn the most. And nothing changes without challenges, nothing. So if there are no challenges and there are no hardships in your life, then I don't know what kind of life you're living. I don't know what kind of life that is. (laughs) Where's the rock? Where's the rock? Yeah, it's like like those challenging times are the reasons why we adapt and why we grow. And sometimes the bad things that happen to us in our lives put us directly on the path that's the best things that will ever happen to us. You know, so we have divine. That is the divine. Right, right there. Yeah. So we have to be able to look at that. We have to be able to heal. And everything heals. Everything heals. Your body heals. Your heart heals. Your mind heals. Your happiness is going to come back. Bad times don't last. I always really believe that nothing ever lasts forever. Nothing. It's going to pass. The bad times are going to pass. The hardships are going to pass. The the pain is going to pass. You know, everything is going to pass. Even happiness passes. Even health and wellness passes. It's not going to last unless we keep doing the work that we need to do to sustain it. But nothing sustains forever without having a break. And lastly, everyone wants to feel valued. Mm-hmm. Everyone wants to feel valued. As a child growing up, I always only ever wanted to be valued and loved and appreciated. I never had that as a child. But when I had my first child, that was a pivoting point in my life. That child loves me. That child needs me. That child, um, like I'm that hero. And everybody needs a hero. You don't have to be Batman, Superwoman, or Spider-Man, or whatever all those characters are in this world, in this fictional whatever world that we have. Everybody needs a hero. That hero could be your neighbor. That hero could be your sister. That hero could be somebody that says, I'm here for you. I got you. I believe in you. You can do this. Mm-hmm. Or that hero could be just someone that's listening to you, or that's comforting you, or taking care of your child, whatever it is. Everybody, I really believe that everybody needs to feel valued. And um, sometimes we need to just communicate that. We need to express that. Thank you. I value that. I appreciate what you're doing, the hard work and those kinds of things. When we put out those positive affirmations, that is grounding, not only to yourself, but to the person that you're engaging with. Because we want to invest in people that are investing in us as well. And when we do that and we put that time and that energy out into that, then everybody feels a sense of value. Yeah. And that right there is why this podcast exists. 
um, what you've just spoken about, what you've just shared, the inspiration, the knowledge, the grounding, the tools, the advocacy, the storytelling, the heart, the tragedy to, to transformation, that, you know, all of those things really are where we discover our divine self, where we find our power, where we find our source energy and, and live on purpose. And so thank you so much, Laura, for sharing your story, for sharing your knowledge, for sharing, you know, um, both in this podcast and just, you know, you know, when you post on uh, on social media and you share your song and your dance and your learnings and your, your achievements, it isn't, it is inspiring and motivating and, um, and shows what is possible uh, and what we can do when we just keep doing the work. So again, thank you. I can't thank you enough. And, um, and it's perfect timing because the next podcast is about following your heart. And so uh, I encourage uh, listeners to in, listen to this whole podcast and listen to the next one uh, and ground yourself in the tools that uh, Laura has shared and uh, they'll be continued to be shared through this podcast. So, Laura, have a wonderful day. Have a wonderful weekend. And uh, and thank you again. You bet. Have a good day. God bless. You too. Bye.